Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. As a result of the COVID pandemic and other disruptions of global proportions, the world almost stopped traveling. Closed borders and strict travel requirements meant that actual flight movements were severely impacted, which caused a knock-on effect on air cargo and global trade. But while the world returns to the skies once again, industry players are adapting to a very different landscape. Supply-demand mismatch, elevated freight rates, and huge demand for freighters both production and converted are trends that keep evolving very rapidly. What is the future of global air freight industry in a rapidly changing business environment? I'm sure my guest today has rich experience to throw some light on important questions regarding global air cargo industry. My guest today is Thomas Crabtree or more popularly known in the industry as Tom Crabtree. Tom is a regional director, airline market analysis, for Boeing commercial airplanes in Seattle, a position he has held over 20 years. As regional director, Tom currently researches air cargo industry issues with specific responsibility for serving airlines in the Middle East, India, Southeast Asia, and the Commonwealth of Independent States. He is the primary author and chief editor of the Boeing World Air Cargo Forecast. The forecast is considered an important information resource for the industry. Tom's expertise on commercial air cargo trends and military airlift has played a key role in Boeing product strategy and product development efforts. Tom has been with the Boeing company since 1991. Tom, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Great to have you join us for this conversation. Thank you, Reggie. It's been more than two years since the pandemic uh, dramatically changed the course of aviation history and uh, we have been through several challenges and found ways to deal with them very innovatively most of the time. Could you reflect on some of the major air cargo topics of the pandemic like cargo only, passenger flights, which is popularly called as praters, cargo in passenger cabins, launch of new cargo airlines with praters. You know, it's interesting that uh, the last time we saw each other was at Air Cargo India in Mumbai in February 2020. And I don't think any of us envisioned how much the world would change in the intervening 26 months. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing you and all my friends in Mumbai again in less than a month's time. Uh, I will say that the P freighter phenomenon is, is passenger freighter phenomenon is a response to a deficit in capacity that emerged when, as you pointed out in the introduction, uh, international travel was severely curtailed starting in March 2020. And it's an interesting phenomenon, but I think it's one, it's one that um, I spend a lot of time talking with industry research experts other than myself, outside of Boeing, actually, trying to understand this phenomenon. At one point early in the pandemic, uh, at least one monthly statistic of traffic, 25% of air cargo traffic in terms of 10 kilometers flown was on passenger freighter aircraft. What I want to emphasize is that um, this was, again, an ad hoc a temporary response to a deficit in capacity, international capacity, especially given that the 
supply chains worldwide were being disrupted by the pandemic. And as a consequence, this uh, this practice peaked probably in, uh, I would say, the summer of 2020 and has been uh, waning, ebbing and flowing ever since. And currently, as of about two months ago, traffic on P freighters was down to about 12% of total international air cargo traffic moving worldwide. So, uh, but I want to emphasize it's temporary and many civil aviation authorities have already decided that uh, they will not permit such activity to continue uh, starting later this year, uh, depending on the national jurisdiction involved. Let's come to supply-demand mismatch in air freight, uh, and it has been a topic of serious concern in the industry, and that's also the reason why there has been extension of What are your thoughts and what are you hearing from the industry in terms of uh, supply-demand mismatch? Uh, when do we see an equilibrium in the in the supply and demand? As you pointed out, Reggie, I've been with the company uh, since 1991. In fact, this month uh, marks my uh, 31st anniversary with Boeing. And um, I've been working in the cargo group for over a quarter century. And uh, I, I can say that uh, when I came to the air transport industry via Boeing all those many years ago, there was the recession that followed the uh, first Gulf War in 1990-1991, and uh, it was a traumatic time. So my, my emphasis with that particular anecdote is that there's always been a supply-demand mismatch, and uh, it really probably will not change for the foreseeable future. I think we also need to remind ourselves that, you know, while the demand for cargo space, particularly freighter aircraft uh, capacity, has uh, just skyrocketed in the last two years, 2019 was not a good year for the world air cargo industry. There, it, we were in a slump just three years ago. Traffic contracted worldwide about 3% in 2019 compared to 2018 levels. And a lot of that was due to manufacturing downturns, particularly in the automotive manufacturing sector, because somewhere between 10 and 15% of all air cargo flows are automotive, either components or material used to build automobiles or light vehicles and trucks, or the capital equipment used to make specialty assemblies for said vehicles. So supply demand mismatch will be with us for I, I would say, uh, in perpetuity. It is fairly reasonable to think that capacity constraints are going to be a concern for some time and therefore freight rates and charter prices are going to remain elevated in the short to medium term. And on some key trade lanes, it's going to be uh, even higher. What are your estimates of uh, higher prices continuing for the rest of this year and perhaps into the next? I will say this, uh, the, the watchword for today and the industry since the pandemic started is uncertainty. We have an uh, overabundance of uncertainty. Presently, my, my, I would say the industry's two biggest concerns are the ongoing war in Ukraine, as well as China's, particularly uh, East Asia, and particularly China's efforts to contain the COVID-19 virus in its uh, resident population. And as of this this interview, so early May 2022, uh, we have seen lockdowns in Hong Kong and throughout mainland China over the last two or three months due to the Omicron variant and other variants of the COVID-19 virus that are actually probably, I would argue, probably the most strident influence in terms of deflecting air cargo traffic volumes. Just this week, IATA announced that cargo traffic declined 5.2% in the month of March 2022. And that coincides with the number of statistics that we collect here uh, in Seattle at Boeing. And I want to emphasize this. A lot of that contraction is not really due to the economy or demand at all. I spoke with several industry leaders earlier this week on the phone, uh, not related directly to Boeing, and they confirmed for me two things. 
where there are goods ready to ship and the capacity is available, the demand and the yields are there. Yields are still going up. Uh, right now, yields uh, on average worldwide are running around almost four US dollars per kilogram. That is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, case in, just for reference sake, Reggie, for your, your listeners and your, your viewers on this particular series, yields in year 2019 were about $1.75 US per kilogram. So yields are up more than double in that time frame. Do I have an outlook for when this is going to end? I sure don't. But I think we have one clue, and that is uh, the government in Beijing and the People's Republic of China said earlier this year that they do not see the full curbs on COVID-19 being rescinded until early 2023. So I think the consensus among industry traffic forecasters is that the disruption in supply chains will maintain through year 2022 and into year 2023. Okay, Tom, let's let's talk about another important topic, and uh, that's about commitment about long-term dedicated main tech capacity. I remember talking to a lot of people in early in the in the pandemic and uh, some of the people we used to say that, that there is a contract or long-term capacity is signed for maybe two days, three days, seven days. But over a period of time, there is now commitment uh, for a long-term capacity. How important is the commitment of long-term dedicated main deck capacity to shippers, particularly at a time when disruptions of global magnitude are too frequent? And and you, as, as rightly you said, uh, uncertainty is a term that we need to live with. It's very, it's extremely important. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, I've heard anecdotes from my uh, customers and the Boeing sales teams that I support directly that shippers are uh, companies that make uh, individual components are chartering freight in perpetuity until the supply chain disruption starts to ebb. Another case in point, um, so I, I look at container ship data because it's the nearest competitive mode to air freight transportation. And the there's a, a term used in the container ship industry called fixtures in terms of how long companies will hire out somebody else's container ship boat. And it's usually measured in somewhere terms of like four to eight months in normal times. And these are not normal times. Right now, they're in excess of 24 months. So that gives you an idea of just how important it is. Shipper have been traumatized, Reggie, during the COVID-19 pandemic. There is, um, you know, the air cargo industry moves about 61 million tons of cargo per annum, according to IOP statistics for year 2019, just as a you know, pre-COVID reference. The world container ship industry moves 2 billion metric tons per annum. That is an incredible figure. And unfortunately, there is so much disruption. The, the boats are in the wrong place. The containers that shippers need are in the wrong place. We're seeing all kinds of massive disruption in the container ship sector. So shippers right now are very desperate for what I call the three R's. And those are redundancy, reliability, and resiliency of their supply chains. And they're not getting it in other modes of tra freight transportation. Only dedicated purpose-built freighter aircraft are the ones that can deliver on the three R's. Therefore, how strong is the demand for production and converted freighters? And do you think that such elevated demand for freighters is a long-term trend? Uh, we have seen additional assembly lines are being installed in different regions so that they can meet the demand. Absolutely. So for reference sake, there's about 2,240 jet transport freighters in service worldwide today of all gauge of capacity. So for example, the standard body freighters carry about up to about 40 metric tons of useful load. Medium wide body freighters like the 767 uh, carry up 
between 40 and 80 metric tons. And then there's the large category, which is carries the preponderance, the lion's share of the world's air cargo traffic. This is a, any gauge of aircraft that carries uh, 80 metric tons of useful load or more. And right now that is the purvey of the 747 in all variants, the 777 freighter and the MD-11 freighter. And um, the, the backlog of freighters has grown. I don't have a time series number, but I just calculated these numbers recently. The backlog of freighters in terms of orders and commitments in some form or another is now totaling in excess of 900 airplanes. So that's in excess of 40% of the capacity in service today. So that's that's quite a staggering figure. You know, and you know, our sales reflect what has happened. Uh, in year 2021, Boeing sold 204 freighters, our best year ever in freighter sales. And so far, just in the first quarter of this year, we've sold 66 freighter aircraft, including, I believe it's, uh, well, last year, I should say, well, we've sold 19 777 freighters this year and 42 last year. And earlier this year, we launched the 747-8 freighter, which will be uh, an almost identical replacement of the 747-400 in terms of payload and range capability, but at much, much lower unit cost. So I, I'd say in big terms, long long-term per our forecast efforts, which you can find in our commercial uh, market outlook document on our website at boeing.com. We envision the world freighter fleet growing to in excess of 3,400 aircraft in service by the year 2040. Only about 800 airplanes that are flying today will still be flying 20 years from now. That means we need 2,600 freighter additions to meet demand over the next two decades on a worldwide basis. The preponderance of aircraft added in terms of sheer numbers will be conversions, about 1,700 conversions, and about not quite 900 will be factory-built freight principally almost exclu no, exclusively in the wide body sector, about 440 medium wide body freighters and about 450 large wide body freighters like the 777 freighter. Tom, um, the long queue for freighters and production as well as converted also Boeing has its own conversion program. How do these uh, impact the future of air freight in the medium to long term uh, what are some of your, uh, I don't know, should I ask you predictions or what do you think will be the impact? Our production system is dictated by market demand and the business environment. And we have worked very hard at Boeing to augment our production capacity, both in building purpose-built freighters in our, our factories here in the Seattle area, as well as um, conversions, which we do with many partners around the world. And I will say that uh, lead times for freighters have always been measured uh, usually in years. These are, and I, and I want to emphasize, these are long-lived assets, Reggie. These are are not uh, trifling decisions that our, our customer base makes when they buy a dedicated freighter airplane, either a conversion or a production machine. These are long-lived machines. Typically, uh, for example, more than 30 years of service will be extracted from these, these aircraft over time. And as a consequence, the lead times, uh, while they may seem painful at present or same, but to, a, to a degree or uh, a bit uh, deterring to business, they are min minimal in terms of the overall life cycle of the product. Okay, factors related to COVID like the reduction in belly capacity pushed the demand for main deck capacity or for freighters. But what about, there are also other reasons. What about the need to replace the older freighter fleet currently in operation across carriers? Uh, how significant is that? Uh, very. Uh, it's very important. Um, and I want to point out that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the principal amount of air cargo traffic moved on cargo planes is usually done on large wide bodies, anything that carries more than 80 metric tons, like the 777, the 747, and the MD-11. There are about 640 of those in service as of uh, today. But what's not widely known is that uh, 
more than half of those machines that are flying today are uh, types that are have been out of production for many, many years, namely the MD-11 and the 747-400 series of freighter aircraft, which we built purposely between uh, roughly 1993 and year 2009. So the youngest 747-400 is already 13 years old or getting close, or 12, 13 years old. The average 747 is in excess of 20, 747-400 series freighter is in excess of 20 years of age. And the MD-11 actually, I believe is a bit older because we ceased production of that machine in 2001. So lots of room for modernization in this industry. And uh, we, we see a robust market going forward. Again, 450 large wide body production freighters will be built over the next 20 years. Okay, let's come to the limited production freighter options available in the markets right now. Uh, Boeing almost dominate the the the, uh, the freighter market uh, with Boeing's uh, 747 freighters uh, being readied for the last ones being readied for Atlas Air to be delivered by the end of this year. The only reliable and most efficient one available is the B777 freighter and the new 7778 freighter which will see commercial operation in a few years from now what are your thoughts on how boeing is positioned to offer reliable fuel efficient long-haul wide-body freighter to the market we are well positioned in this this particular space, Reggie. Uh, for example, last year we sold 42 777 freighters of the current generation we're building. And we've just in the first quarter of this year, we've sold another 19. And uh, in total, over the since the beginning of the program in uh, the late, well, we launched the program in 2005 and the first delivery was in 2009. We've uh, delivered over 200 and we have, we've sold over 300 777 freighters. And, you know, um, the reason the airplane is so successful, it carries up to 170, uh, 107, metric tons of useful load over about 9,000 kilometers nonstop. And it all does this with a dispatch reliability, which is measured at 99.7% fleet wide. And these are staggering numbers. This is the most reliable freighter in the world. And as we talked earlier, uh, shippers are desperate for reliability and the 777 delivers on that. And we're not resting on our laurels. We just, you know, in January of 2022, we just launched 777-8 freighter. The new 777-8 freighter will deliver 10% more payload with 17% lower emissions than today's 777 freighter when it enters service later this decade, all with 30% lower operating costs as benchmarked against the current industry standard 747-400 family of freighters uh, in terms of, again, cost, emissions, and fuel expenditure. I see the beautiful bird back on your wall, which is the 747-8. What is the end of the 747 production freighter, the only commercial freighter with NOS loading capability mean to you? You've been with the Boeing for the last uh, 31 years, particularly the air cargo for the last two decades, uh, mean to you and and to the air cargo industry? Well, personally, it means a lot because 31 years ago this month, I started at the facility where we build the 747 and I was um, actually tasked with uh, basically uh, researching the technical attributes of the machine and providing that to our that information to our sales teams as a, a young guy in my early 20s back then. So you can guess how old I am now. Um, but uh, I want to emphasize one thing that the commercial aviation market has demonstrated a clear preference for twin engine machines over the last 25, 30 years. And, you know, as a result, we're going to end production of the 747 later this year, year 2022. But I will say that our commitment to our customers and to our stakeholders in the industry will not end at delivery. And we anticipate the 747s flying today to be serving well into the future. As I mentioned earlier, it's not unheard of for aircraft to fly well beyond 30 years of age, particularly in the large wide body category. So the machines being delivered 
you know, last year and this year will probably be flying well into the 2050s. Okay, uh, I did mention that Boeing continues to dominate the freighter market and uh, I'm sure that it is going to be that way for several more years. But how serious is going to be the competition in the freighter market with Airbus claiming to offer a, a very competitive equipment in A350 freighter? You know, we at Boeing don't take our leadership for granted in the, the freighter space. We, we, we've known that our competitors have, have been planning to expand their offerings in the freighter arena. And with the launch of the 777-8 freighter this year, we'll be offering a cargo plane that carries more payload, has more range capability, and has higher reliability, than, and with all with lower unit costs than our competitor. Okay, let's move from the equipment and the and the freighters to another important topic, that's the e-commerce. Uh, do you think that the potential of retail through e-commerce channels is still very low, despite the huge surge that we saw in the, in the e-commerce volume in the last two years because of the pandemic and the upside potential for air freight is going to be very huge in the coming years? So e-commerce is but one element that drives the air cargo industry at present. It's a big one, and it's, uh, it's, it's going through a period of what I would call exogenous growth, uh, meaning the industry is, is just getting underway and developing. Uh, according to research that we have conducted with our uh, research partners at CargoFax Consulting, somewhere between 15 and 20% of air cargo traffic is tied to the movement of some sort of e-commerce shipment. What's interesting is that most of the freighter orders that can be directly attributed to the e-commerce phenomena, which has accelerated during the pandemic, is mostly for developed world markets. And I want to emphasize that there are huge populations in developing world markets that, say, for example, including India and Africa and Latin America, that are just now starting to explore uh, what it will take to serve e-com demand going forward. So the potential for growth has a, what we say is it has a long runway in front of it. So it's a really exciting time. Now, that being said, uh, the preponderance of air cargo traffic, we shouldn't forget, is still tied to industrial industrial activity and manufacturing support, somewhere between 60 and 65% of air cargo traffic is moved in, is material in process uh, or materials used to keep factories running. As I mentioned earlier, somewhere between 10 and 15% of air cargo traffic is tied to automotive production. So that is still a key driver of the industry, but e-commerce is providing a whole new vista for air cargo opportunity going forward. Sustainability is another important topic across industries and uh, how critical is sustainability for the freighter market? And does the need to comply with the new emission regulations push demand for new production freighters? Reggie, it's um, it's interesting. We, we at Boeing have uh, four basically focus areas when it comes to the sustainability initiative. We focus on fleet renewal, operational efficiency, uh, renewable energy sources, and advanced technology to achieve our sustainable goals in a net zero uh, aviation industry by the year 2050. And just a case in point, fleet renewal. Let's take that. Basically, we back our words with action. And this year we launched the 777-8 freighter in January with a launch order from Qatar Airways for 34 aircraft plus 16 options. And I and I mentioned earlier that that machine, the 777-8 freighter, when it enters service later this decade, uh, will offer payload range capability on par, on par, almost identical to the 747-400 freighter, which is the backbone of the industry today, uh, of which there's 200 aircraft out there that are, are flying today, about 150 factory-built freighters and about 50 conversions. And those aircraft will require replacement. What's really exciting is the 777-8 freighter will offer a 25% improvement in terms of fuel 
fuel uh, expenditure, emissions, and operating cost per ton, a lower operating cost per ton. That's staggering. So that's that's one of our key drivers in, in the sustainability uh, initiative, particularly in the air cargo sector. Tom, what is your evaluation of the integrated offerings and consolidation in the freight industry with the major shipping yeah. liners, container shipping companies, making acquisitions and starting air cargo operations. They're launching their own cargo airline. How good is this for the industry and how good is this for shippers? Well, benefit for the industry is that we have more competitors enter the, entering the industry, more competition provides shippers with more choice and uh, in theory, lower costs. At least that that's my, that's my experience. But I want to emphasize to our audience today, Reggie, that uh, major container ship lines investing in freighter aircraft is not a new phenomenon. For example, Maersk, everybody says, well, Maersk is getting freighters now. Actually, Maersk has been flying freighters since the late 1980s through their wholly owned airline called Star Air in Denmark. And they fly on behalf of UPS throughout Europe, the North Africa, the Middle East region, the EMEA region. Also in Japan, shipping company NYK is the parent company of Nippon Cargo Airlines, NCA, an all Boeing 747 freighter operator. In Taiwan, Evergreen uh, Shipping Line uh, is the parent company of EVA Airways. So it's a uh, uh, not an exactly a new phenomenon, but those guys have been around a long, long time. And uh, but what is more, I would say, novel to the industry is the fact that Maersk and say uh, France, France-based uh, CMA CGM have also bought freighter aircraft uh, in the past uh, 18 or so months. And so yeah, we're watching it. Uh, it's really interesting. And uh, we at Boeing are hoping that the other shipping companies uh, take note and come calling. Okay, Tom. My last question is: uh, Air Freight's value proposition is speed to market, uh, but how? important is reliability? You know, uh, I don't think I can emphasize it enough. So many years ago, uh, working with a now defunct uh, consulting firm called Merge Global based in the Washington DC area here in the United States, they ran a, an extensive study on what drove shippers to pick one mode over another, particularly air over other uh, modes. And to be frank, what they discovered, they thought speed would be the ultimate underlying driving factor for shipper decisions in favor of air freight, either, you know, packs belly move shipment or freighter move shipment or a combination thereof. And what they discovered is that it was reliability. And that takes me back to my three R's, Reggie. Uh, shippers are desperate for supply chain redundancy, having options, which they're limited right now with the pandemic, or have been limited for two years. They're desperate for resiliency in their supply chain so that the goods arrive when they contracted for on dock during the, the, the time window that was specified in contract. And they're they're just, the reliability is just not in other modes. If uh, I have to say so myself, the most reliable way to move anything on this planet currently is on a dedicated freighter aircraft. And it's always been that way. It's only now that it's been uh, abundantly underlined to supply chain managers everywhere. And as a consequence, I think freighter aircraft demand is going to remain elevated for the foreseeable future. Tom, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Reggie. That was Tom Crabtree, Regional Director, Airline Market Analysis, Marketing and Business Development at Boeing Commercial Airplanes. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.